it's time to go behind the curtain of the director role and have honest discussions with leaders in the campus recreation industry. In this episode, host Grady Sheffield, the director of campus recreation at Towson University and the senior advisor to the Campus Rec Mastermind Groups, gives you, the listener, real and authentic conversation between himself and special guest, Kim Scott, the director of campus recreation at Baylor University. Scott didn't start off pursuing recreation, but she did start at Baylor. She shares how she found herself suddenly in the campus recreation industry, building a department from scratch. It has led her to where she is today, a changed leader who has learned that relationships and a business mindset are essential for the director role. As you listen to the following conversation, reflect on how you have changed as a leader yourself, and ask how recreation can give the next generation what it needs just as Scott talks about. You might be surprised what you come up with. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Director's Download. I'm your host, Grady Sheffield, and today I am joined by Kim Scott, Director of Campus Recreation at Baylor. Kim, welcome to the Download. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Well, we are excited to have you on today's episode, and like we normally do, I want to give the listeners a little bit of background on you. So tell us about your journey that's led you to this point in your career. My journey. Well, it's not the typical one. Um, I started out, I came to Baylor for uh, a business degree and got about three years into it and realized it was really sunny outside and all the business stuff is done inside. And uh, took me a long time to tell my father, who was the dean of the business school, I wanted to switch majors. Um, so then he How said, well, yeah. He said, do you just do what makes you happy? But just know that there's not a recreation department in every small city in the state of Texas. There's, there, But there is a school. So why don't you get an education degree? So I did that. I got an education degree and got a, a job coaching and teaching. Uh, and it enjoyed that for about six or seven years and then felt like I was kind of coasting. Was I was fairly successful, but I uh, just felt like there was something more that I could do. Um, so I started to kind of look around in business and um, then thought, well, maybe I'll be a principal. So I started back on a PhD at Texas A&M to uh, link up a principal certification with a degree. And um, in the middle of that, the Baylor, Baylor decided to build a new student life center, which was a combination of a rec center with the second floor being health center, counseling center, uh, PT, pharmacy. And they were looking for a director. Well, I didn't know what that when meant. Was this this was, was right this? here at Baylor. No, but what time, what time of year? I mean, what, how long ago? Oh, 1998. They had already started building the building and were looking for a director. And so I thought, well, I mean, I love Baylor. I love recreation. Uh, I live pretty close and I've worked with college students. So this is a win-win. Well, I don't know who else would hire a high school coach, an elementary PE teacher, um, but they called me in for an interview and said, what are the trends in college recreation? And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> and that, so there, that's when the stretching began, but uh, it took them three or four months to decide, but I finally got the job and walked into an incredible situation where, like I said, they, the slab of the building 
was there and that's it. My boss on the first day said, hey, you need to make up the budget for the Student Life Center. You need to run what's left of Campus Rec and you're going to have to hire all the staff because the, the two staff members that were here prior to me coming on had left in those four months. And so I really had a unique opportunity as I got to kind of build out the building, uh, which go back the 12 years before that, it really cashed in on some things I learned in my three years as a business major. I got to make up the budget, which I included five brand new staff positions. And they said, okay, which has never happened again since, I'll say. <laughs> um, so within about the first six or seven months, I hired seven people and created the programs and did the bidding for the um, for the fitness equipment, the sports equipment, and really tried to set us on a track that we could get Baylor students involved. And so that's what happened. And I'm still in the director's chair. love it here. I've had a couple opportunities to climb the ladder, but really didn't want to go. I really love recreation. I love what it does for the students. I love what it does for the campus. It's been really fun to me. Fight the same battles that you do if you're an elementary PE teacher, that you're not just everybody's conference period. And on the college level, it's more like, um, well, they're just, they just throw out the ball and let them play. And really, uh, it's been really fun to be the can-do department, especially during COVID. Everybody called on Campus Rec because we have trucks and trailers and we could create outside activities. And so it's really been fun for me. It's been, I started with the stretching and really haven't, uh, haven't finished stretching. I, I learn and grow just like everyone else does. And students today, which is 25 years later, are different from the students 25 years ago. So are the activities, but they all love to play. So, and they all need it. So I'm still here. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know that you were a, ba a Baylor diehard based on your dad. And I mean, I knew you went to Baylor, but that's pretty cool. It is. It is. I, uh, you know, people ask me why I got a degree from A&M, and I said, well, that was the one I had to pay for. So <laughs> I ran down the street and commuted. Yeah. Well, good for Baylor on hiring you, and good oh, for you, you for for coming back. That, that's that's a quite a story. So you mentioned 25 years. That's a long time. That's a lot of experience, <laughs> a lot of opportunity to lead and provide leadership over those years what type of leader are you well naturally uh, my staff would probably say i'm autocratic because it's easier and more efficient but it's not always the best because when you do late night things on the college level and i think late night starts at 8 p.m and the the college students don't think that so it i have learned to be more of a collaborative leader um, and really trying to, to, to bring others into the conversation. And part of that is because my background in coaching, I'm, I just love to develop people. And that's part of the development is, hey, if you want to make the hard decision, you come on and you join in. Um, my boss uh, right now is the dean for uh, student health and wellness and has a 
uh, degree in counseling. And one of the things he told me early on was um, you should just invite people into the conflicts that you have in your own mind about making a decision and they will be much more agreeable to decisions and empathetic for you to make it. And it has been, that was really about four years ago. And that has really revolutionized just my own um, relationships with my staff of them Mm -hmm. being involved in, Hey, I'm conflicted about this. And um, to just have those conversations. And it's amazing I, I am so pleased and, and thankful for the staff that I have and just how thoughtful they are about um, about decision making and what's best for the student. So I would say I've grown as a leader. I don't think I'm the same person I was 25 years ago, because like I said, when you're a coach to begin with, you just shout orders and they just do it. You want them to run through the wall for you. But that's not really a good style of leadership, especially with uh the college students have they as they've grown and developed into today. You you just mentioned that um, the change in your leadership changed the relationship with your staff. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and what ways did it change? What was it like before and what is it now? Well, I don't think it was ever bad, but I think uh, it helped me develop more trust in them as growing yet younger professionals. And I really realized how great they were. Um, And I think for them, they, you know, I I just kind of think if you're sitting over there as the intramural guy or the fitness person that you're going, Hey, what does a director do all day? I feel like I'm doing all the work. You know, I'm up here late at night and I'm up here leading classes or whatever. And so it really helps them, kind of see that there's a bigger picture, kind of how you fit into the student health and wellness, how that fits into student life. And so I think it just, it gives everybody perspective. Um, I'll tell you the funny story about COVID was, you know, because you start to meet on Zoom and I'm sitting there looking at a whole uh, screen full of my staff, but they're all at home and I don't have young kids but I watched my, one of my outdoor adventure guys and his daughter's just climbing all over his head while we're trying to have a meeting. And um, it really was one of those moments, just a snapshot of, oh, they're having to deal with so much more than I'm having to deal with. I mean, I can put my dog out or I can bring my dog in, but the dog's not going to climb on my head. And mm-hmm. the dog is not saying a lot of other things that the kids say. And so it was really... I think just be that helped me see them as um, moms and dads and sons and daughters and just all the roles they have to play. And I think that also developed a trust so that if they say, I really need to work from home today, I could just, it's not easy for me to make that shift. I'm the tail end of the baby boomer generation. So um, it's not surprising. I've been here for 25 years, I guess, and knowing that about me, um, but that's a, a way that I've changed because, you know, used to, it was like, I'm going to get here before you, I'm going to be here after you, and I'm going to work harder than you when I'm here. Um, but, you know, you have to set the example. So I've found out that it's I've had to take set up days where I would actually go and work from home. It's not my preference so that they would feel the freedom to do that. Mm. I think when I started, I wasn't anywhere close to that. So, yeah. I think it's a big trust thing that I've grown in and also a perspective. 
So I got another follow-up for you about your leadership. What drives you to lead today? What drives me to lead? <laughs> well, uh, I'm 61 years old, and so I can see the end in sight. I don't really know where. I'm, my depth perception is not all as good as I might want. <laughs> so it might be five years. It might be six or seven years. So that's one thing that drives me is I want to leave this place uh, in a way that whoever follows me will walk in and go, this is an amazing team. This is an incredible setup. Um, the other thing I think that drives me to do the very best that I can, especially in leadership, uh, is my faith. Um, Baylor is a faith-based school, and that's part of why I've been here for so long. I chose Baylor because of that. Uh, and it, it really does drive me because I feel like if I can um, help people be the best version of themselves, everyone wants the job that makes them feel fulfilled every day when they lay their head on the pillow. Mm. And so if I can help people understand the gifts and talents and skills that God gave them, but he also gave them passions and where those things collide is where you will find your fulfillment. And I do, I believe that God has that for everybody. And um, so that's just not a mantra. That's just not a fun saying you put on your desk. It really is something that I live by. And I, I guess if you um, want a leadership book that will validate that, you can go to Jim Collins and good to great, you know, get the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus, and the right people in the right seat. And, I think that is, uh, I think about that. I'm actually thinking, don't tell my staff this just yet, but uh, I'm thinking about a reorganization so mm -hmm. I can get the right people in the seats for where we're going, skating to where the puck is going for all you Northerners. Now, we don't really have hockey down here. Well, I mean, we do. Don't tell the Dallas stars I said that, but, uh, you know, skate to where the puck is going, not where it's been or where it is right now. And so I want to, as I set this up for, the next iteration. Um, it really is important to me that people feel valued, important, but I'm also have them where they can succeed and not just where they think they like it. This episode is brought to you by Campus Rec Mastermind Groups. These groups are created as a space for executive directors and directors to present questions and challenges you are faced with in your position so you can leverage the power of your peers to help you succeed. It's a leadership accountability group that provides immediate professional development based on your specific challenges as a leader. Interested in learning more? Email Heather at peakmedia.com, peak spelled P-E-A-K-E. -E. So two things. One, <laughs> I think you just let the cat out of the bag because when the staff hears that you're on the download, they're going to hear that. So you better be ready for it. <laughs> uh, two, I think they've heard it before. <laughs> I was going I was going to ask you another question because you said something to me when we had a conversation um, a few days ago that I know what I do and why I do it. And I wrote that down and I was going to follow up with you on, on my notes say how so? How do you know that? Or what is it you do and why you do it? But I think you just answered it for me. That answer that you just gave I think sums it up perfectly, at least from my perspective. You agree? I do. I would broaden it a little bit just to say that, and honestly, this goes all the way back to my very first job, professional job teaching elementary PE. Um, it, it, 
I feel like when people, whether they are 5, 15, 25, or 65, maybe 85, um, when they're active, they let down their guard, they let down the walls, all the things that they've built up around them, whether it's emotionally, and it, whatever it's for. They wear masks. They let it down when they're active. And so when you're walking with someone on the bear trail or you're in a fitness class or you're playing intramural sport or you're hiking up a mountain and hopefully hiking down, um, that you can have those conversations because they're not confrontational. And I've been on the, some of the most amazing. I go on some of the outdoor adventure trips um, and now I'm having my knees replaced, but not for, they didn't do it to me. Um, but, and I, I, I've been at the intramural stuff. I can do all of those things, but I love the conversations that happen on the sideline because that's where you get to the authentic person. We talk a lot about authenticity, but really, I mean, from my perspective, you boil it down to authenticity is who God made you to be. And I can have those conversations on a sideline. I can have those conversations hiking uh, in the wilderness. I can have those conversations, whether it's raining. Um, and so that's why I do it, because when people uh, are active and they're moving and they feel the blood flowing and I just think good things happen and people are we. The people on my staff, one of the training that I that I do with them, I invite counselors in to talk about grief. I invite uh, other people in who are better than I am at training, but so that they can have those conversations. And here's an example. Um, we had a young man, a, a freshman, pass away over the holidays, and his sister works in the fitness center. And the first person she calls at the university is her supervisor in the fitness center. Mm. That is why I do what I do. Because we somehow, training her to spot, training her to clean the equipment, training her to do all that, somehow we were able to make that connection. And she didn't call the chaplain of the university. She didn't call a counseling center. She didn't even call her roommate. She called her supervisor. And to me, that's why we do what we do. Yes, we want them to have fun. We want them to be in the best shape they've ever been in. We want them to try new things and discover uh, the possibilities. But it's really about relationships. And that's what we want to do. You describe campus recreation as a recreation. Does that situation, what you just described with that employee and then your experiences that you also talked about, does that define the recreation that you speak of? If not, what is it? Well, I th do think it's all of those things. As in, I know this sounds really, um, I don't want it to sound preachy. But if you go back to the first couple of pages of the Bible and God describes what creation was about, to me, there was joy there. There was love. There was all those things we want. And what I want to do is create scenarios, whether it's an outdoor adventure or whether it is uh, just being able to walk outside or whatever. It's, be, it's recreating what God intended. And I think that's, I think college is a do-over. College, those high school kids can come here and it's one of the few times in your life when you just get to start over. If you were loud and obnoxious in high school, you can be shy and quiet in college and no one will ever know <laughs> or vice versa. 
And so I think that this is where you get that fresh start that maybe you were known as one thing in high school. This is a, this is a do over. And that's, that's a recreation to me. It's a re uh, ignite of who God intended you to be. And to me, that's so important. And, and maybe this is your last time to play a competitive sport and that's okay because you college is there for you to decide what you want to give your life to. And for most people, it's not soccer. It's not basketball. I mean, for some of us, it is. <laughs> it just continues to be because we love it. But you're probably, there's so few people that, that that's what they're going to do full time. But we want to help them find that glory or that joy or whatever they had when they were playing that. So if the intramural flag football is played in the stadium and you got the lights and you got the jumbotron you may not have on you know all the pads and helmets but you can have fun and pretend and you can have a good time doing it and it's a it's a memorable moment that you'll etch of this is one of my best college experiences and to me that's that's what the recreation is is trying to find um the joy and the passion and those things that really that they get you excited so that sounds a lot like I um, I worked at a Jesuit school and they have a saying, cure personalis, development of the whole person. And that's what I'm hearing you say, which is well-being, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's, um, that's pretty impactful. What do you think this generation wants or needs from us as campus recreation leaders or staff? You know... <laughs> I think the same I think everybody in the world wants the same two things. They want to be loved and they want to be valued. And it's I think what we need to teach them is that it's not about their performance. It's about who they are and not what they do. Um because in high school, you get a lot of, oh, you were all state this, or, oh, you made it to the next level, or, oh, these grades are important. I'm not saying grades are not important. But I think what they need from us is for us to help them figure out that it's not a performance, uh, performance-based uh, world. That I mean, it is one they're stepping into, but it doesn't define them. And I don't know if they get that when they're in college. I think they're still. I mean, it's kind of a blessing and a curse to be an American when it's performance-based, and I do think you're going to have ups and downs, you're going to have victories, you're going to have defeats, um, but I'm here to, I, I've sat across from this, uh, across this desk from so many students that I just want to grab them and say, that doesn't define you. Just because you lost this game or just because you made this grade, that's not all there is. You are so much more. And I believe in you. And I've been very shocked at, even at Baylor, how many students have never heard that. I believe in you. You can do this. And I'm not talking of just a pep talk. I mean, really, when you can kind of see what this person is capable of, whether they're a young professional, a student staff, or just a student, um, I just think the value of, a, of words to someone speaks volumes and you they matter they matter that you say that you explain to them that um they're not defined by a single moment whether it's a tragedy or whether it's a, a triumph so 
that's great stuff. You, uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, I'm sitting here listening to you say that, and um, there's a lot of wisdom that comes from from you and <laughs> experience, right? Speaking of that, I'm curious, what secrets do you have or do you hold that you could share to success that you can share with our young or aspiring directors? Uh, probably the first thing I would say is what I've already said. People are the most important things. You're in the people business. So invest all you have in your staff members value them, trust them, develop them, uh, because that is, that's what it's all about. It's all about people. Okay. Just because if I have the biggest facility in the world, nobody comes to it or nobody enjoys it, then I have a problem, but invest in the people around you, whether it's students. I mean, and this, whenever I hire someone, I tell them two things, uh, at the front end. And I say, number one, I hire for life. So don't plan on leaving. And number two, um, finish well. Wherever you are, finish well, because you're going to leave a taste in somebody's mouth how you left. If you can that, just negotiate whatever you need to to finish well. Don't leave them in a lurch. Don't leave them with something hanging over their head. When I got here, literally, it was me. It was the maintenance guy, the bowling lanes guy, and the office manager. And I mean, I walked in in November of that year. I had to finish intramural sports and ooh, that was something. And then I realized, oh, there's club sports here too. Oh, wait, what? We can't do fitness till after five o'clock. What do you mean intramural sports gets interrupted when the tennis team needs an indoor place to practice? I mean, it just was mind blowing. And I was up there. I probably worked 16 to 18 hours a day trying to get it all together. But the people, I can still remember the first staff meeting I had and some of the students who were in that first staff meeting come back to homecoming and, and say something and or they'll email me or text me. I just got a text from one of them today. Invest in people, number one. Number two, I would say, uh, especially young professionals, if you grew up or if you majored in education or you majored in a student services or even recreation, depending on the program, get a business foundation. Be able to speak the language of the people that are running the business end of things. Because if you start talking to them about some of this mushy feel-good stuff, that does not, they're going to want to know what's my return on investment. So if I, if I ask you, if I ask the business office for $100,000 so I can replace my fitness equipment every year, they're going to want to know, well, what does that give us? And I can say it gives you, you know, very little cost in repairs because almost everything you turn over is still within warranty or something like that, whatever, whatever that is. But get a business foundation and at least get the vernacular of that particular um that particular field because that's what they're going to want to know. They're not going to just throw you a hundred thousand or 200,000 or whatever it is. Um, and not realize, uh, that, that they've got to get something in return for that. So cycles and systems and uh, best practices are all language that they want to hear. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, Kim, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm a little bit blown away today with the things that you've had to say um 
at the very least, I know one person who's been impacted um, by this session, and that's yours truly. I really appreciate you taking the time with us today to share um, your wisdom and your experience and just tell us about you and your journey. And it's clear to me that you know your why, um, that it's purpose-driven. And I think Baylor and the team there are lucky to have you. And you talked about leading to where you're getting close, you know, to the end, so to speak. Well, there's, there's big shoes there that are going to need to be filled. So um, as long as you're there, I know they're in good hands. And I, again, appreciate you uh, being with us today. And I look forward to getting to spend some more time with you. And um, here, here's some more of that wisdom because I think I need it. So well, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm just one of many. When I came in, I was so green. Uh, and I actually, I mean, I just, I was not shy. I called the other directors in the Big 12 at the time. I made so many site visits. And it's, there's not, it's not, nothing in education is original. And so don't be afraid to ask. If people email me and, or call and want to talk, I mean, I always say yes, because I was that person 25 years ago, because I obviously did not know the trends in collegiate recreation at the time. Um, so I think that's what we're here for. We're, we're called to share that and, and to help move the whole a field forward, but it's not about the field to me. It's about the person and whoever's sitting in front of me today. So thank you for having me. I don't really, when I look at all the people that are on the director download, I'm, I don't feel really like I belong there. Um, I still sort of feel new at times, um, but maybe that's a sign I'm getting old. I don't know. So thanks for having me. And I really do uh, appreciate the time uh, that we've spent together. Absolutely. You definitely belong here. And to all our listeners, thanks for tuning in again, and we'll see you next time.